And we are live. Welcome to the Greatest Voice Podcast. Welcome to the People's Paradise. I am JT, aka Allstate, aka Chocolate Thunder. And welcome. How you guys doing? How you feeling? Welcome to the broadcast. How you doing? What's going on? Um, we had a really, really great conversation yesterday. Shout out to Hobbit and the Tardis who just tuned in into the Twitter uh, live stream. Shout out to Tooth Infinity Two tuned into the Twitter live stream as well. We had a really dope conversation yesterday, just about um, just kind of about reparations. Um, I'll be real with you. I never <clears throat> growing up. I never really thought about reparations that much until literally the beginning of this year. Like this year, the conversation about black reparations had been such a thing had just been going on that I don't know. Yesterday, it just hit me to talk about it, and we had a really in-depth conversation about just what is reparations. So, anybody out there who is interested in that kind of thing, or even just having a conversation, shout out to Courtney Robo. Courtney Robo, how are you doing? So. Anybody who's just interested in having a conversation or just listening to a conversation about reparations and all of that or just black entrepreneurship as well, just even my personal opinions about that, listen to the episode from yesterday. It was a really, really dope. Um, we had some really dope dialogue, so listen to that. Um, let's just hop right into the conversation today. So this is going to be a very, very interesting topic. If you shout out to Big Homie H who joined in, shout out to Ronnie. What's going on with you, bro? And... This conversation, this topic right now might not mean that much to you unless you were a child who was born in the 90s or in the 2000s. Um, I would like to think that SpongeBob meant something to all of our lives. I used to love SpongeBob growing up. SpongeBob SquarePants, I remember being 10 years old and coming back from home. And when Nickelodeon used to do that thing where for some odd reason on Fridays, they'd have like three hour back to back just runs of like six ex SpongeBob episodes. That used to make my day. So I love SpongeBob. SpongeBob is currently trending on Twitter right now because it is Pride Month, and Nickelodeon took it upon herself to send out the tweet. Out the DFAM eighty five, Nickelodeon took it upon themselves to send out a tweet that said, um, "Shout out to everybody!" Like basically showing love for Pride Month, and gave a picture of all. Shout out to Jesse Lee Peterson, and in the tweet they put out three or four pictures of some people who are. Who are of the LGBT community, but are also cartoon characters, like for example, Cora from Legend of Cora. Shout out to Jesse Lee, Jesse Lee Peterson. I uh, was going on, young woman, young young man. Okay, oh, sorry. But anyway, with that being so, with that being said, tweeted a tweeted a video, tweeted a tweet that said, "Shout out, much love to Pride Month and everything, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And in the tweet attached was a picture of Cora from Legend of Cora, who was also or bisexual or gay. I don't know how that works because she dated a guy and they dated a woman. This other guy who I don't know and SpongeBob. And before this, when SpongeBob sexuality was come up as question, this creator of SpongeBob had said that he is not gay. Shout out to Carolina as shit was going on. How you doing today? He had said that SpongeBob is not gay. He is not homosexual. He is asexual. Shout out to Carolina Shitty who asked to join on. No, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't do that. I'm actually using the headphones to talk right now. So with that being said, um, there is a little bit of, I don't know if being asexual falls under the LGBTQ umbrella. I don't know how that works. Um, I don't even know. I don't even know, to be all the way honest with you, if that tweet is something that the creator of SpongeBob even knows about even at, to, at this hour. I can tell you honestly, you know, whether they said he was asexual or homosexual, even since I was 10, I've always thought that SpongeBob was gay. 
I've always thought he was gay. I don't know. The fact that he ain't never tried to clap cheeks with Sandy, I, I always thought SpongeBob was gay. So I didn't necessarily look at this as like a big reveal. Oh my God, SpongeBob is gay. Like the thing about when you were a kid, even before, even before, even before we started having conversations about homosexuality and bisexuality, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, at this year, even from the 80s and 90s, you've always had characters, cartoon characters who kind of hinted, insinuated, at least to you, that they might or might be, you know, on the other side of the fence. I can tell you when I used to watch Cap, when I used to watch Cow and Chicken, that little evil devil that always is like those weird ass schemes, I always thought he was gay. Jesse Lee Peterson said he even raised a scallop pat with Patrick and... Oh, Jesse Lee said Jesse Lee Jesse Lee said he knew SpongeBob was gay because he even raised a scallop with Patrick and pretended to be the woman in the relationship. Yeah, I remember that episode. Yeah, so it's no it's no shock. I mean and even then, I mean, it's kinda interesting because I have always assumed he was gay. I don't know how comfortable I would be though with seeing an episode of SpongeBob with the boyfriend and kissing him and stuff like well, I guess I wouldn't care. If it was funny, I guess I wouldn't care. I saw Lil Boozy uh, do an interview with Vlad TV. This was like a long time ago. And he had said that he was tired of gay being pushed on our kids. He feels like gay, the gay initiative, the gay narrative is being pushed on our kids. Shout out to Jesse Lee Peterson who tweeted, they even had that transsexual devil girl, devil character in the Powerpuff Girls. The agenda is real. I know who you're talking about. They used to call him it or who or whoever he was. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, that it was. That is, let me tell you something. If, if. If Prince was ever a cartoon character, that thing was it. That was it. I don't know who the hell. I forgot. I think his name was It. His name was It or him. Him. His name was him. That was Prince. If Prince could ever be a cartoon character, that was him. So that's what I'm saying. Like, even up into the 90s, you've always had characters that you would look at and be like, something's kind of off with them. Some, some sexually. There's some, there's some sugar in that tank somewhere. But they never would come out and say they were gay. And back to what I was saying, what Lil Boozy was saying. He has said that, um, what did he say? He has said um, that he doesn't like the gay narrative being pushed on our kids. And to be real, I don't, I don't, I talked about this in the podcast a long time ago. I don't know. Shout out to Jess Lee who just commented and said his name was him, but dressed like a woman. They put a tranny rider in our face and make it a girl, a devil. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. That was, that was a, that was a very random idea. Here's the thing. I do not mind my kids watching cartoons with gay characters. I don't mind that. I do think there is an attempt in the culture right now to, I won't say the gay narrative is being pushed, but I will say gay is, they're trying to normalize LGD, LGBQ, whatever the, whatever the acronym is. They're trying to normalize that. And I don't necessarily have an issue with that because if I do have a son who is gay or if I have a cousin who's gay, I want them to be able to not feel persecuted. You know when you know when you used to grow up, you grew up in school like all of us. You know when you used to go to school, kindergarten, the first grade, you'd have that one, you'd have that one kid, you have that one kid in the, in the class who was obviously kind of gay, and everybody would tease him like, "Oh, fag, you talking about faggot ass Jermaine, nigga, Jermaine, faggot ass, oh, oh loose booty Jermaine ass, nigga, what's up, Jermaine?" And then Jermaine, I don't know what it is about gay black kids. They always have hella big ass lips. I don't know what it is. I got big lips. No homo, no homo. What that being said, so you'd always see them getting picked on for that. I'd want my kids to grow up in an environment where if either if they were gay 
they don't have to go through that. They don't have to feel persecuted because of their sexuality. Because at this point in 2020, we can all we can all come to agreement that at this point, being gay is as old as being straight. You can see that in some in some nations, in some countries, that being gay was normalized a lot more than in others. But in essence, it is old. It is old as it's being straight. Shout out to Jesse Peterson said it ain't natural. It ain't it ain't natural. Scientifically natural. Uh, we can have a conversation about that. To the purpose of evolution and people having kids and stuff like that, scientifically speaking, no. But as far as the intent interest in it, yes. Shout out to Wisdom Blade who commented and said, it seems as if someone is different. The assumption is to push a label whether gay, straight, or how about I. Could you break that down for me a little bit more? I didn't get what you were going with that. But um, your voice is deep. Shout out to Zarkis who said your voice is deep. Thank you. I appreciate that. So with that being said, I understand them trying to normalize gay and trying to I understand them trying to take the stigma off of being gay. I understand that. I understand them trying to take the stigma off of that. Um, and I don't, and I'm, but you know, it's, um, I gotta be real with you and I don't have kids. So I, it's a, see when you don't have kids, like Jessica Lee is commenting and saying how it's being pushed in our kids. When you don't have kids, it's a lot of shit you miss because I'm not familiar with the cartoons that these nine and seven and six and eight year olds are watching right now. So for all I know, there might be a whole like I'm gonna tell you they have that one cartoon on a Netflix called uh, not it's like these these princess something these princess Shira or these cartoon girls are like princesses where most of them are gay. Even the women are gay. The guy is kind of he identifies as this thing and whatever. So I don't know how many cartoons like that are being shown to our kids. Um, and even if they are, I can't say I have a problem with it because my mama used to let me watch some crazy shit. My mama was crazy. Let me tell you something. I grew up in a very, I would, I, if we, if I, I grew up in a very, very crazy household. My mama told me, my mother told me that Pokemon was demonic and I cannot watch Pokemon, but she let me sit in her lap with her, with me and her stepdad, with, 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 with her and my stepdad at the time, while we sat downstairs at eight years old and watched The Best Man with Morris Chestnut through the stripper scene, through the scene with, with goddamn, what, what was her name? What's her name? Regina King. When Regina King came on that goddamn thong, through that scene, she let me sit there and watch it. I had no idea what the, I didn't even know what titties were. I'm watching, I'm like, Oh damn, she, she I don't know why why is she why is she rubbing her back against his lap like that? Like you know what I mean? So it made no sense. So you know, just you know, I, I I'm I don't know. Like I it's easy for me to say all this because I don't have kids. But when I have kids, you know, I might think different about it. You know, I I just keep thinking from the perspective of if I have a son who is gay, I want him to feel welcome in the world. I don't want him to feel persecuted in the world. That's what I keep thinking from. I keep thinking from that perspective. And so you know, it's no issue. Now, the only issue that I do have when it comes to cartoon characters being gay is I don't like it when they take cart. Shout out to Wisdom Blade who said, why are they trying to program and glorify gayness to the next generation? SpongeBob is a sponge, the kids. My thing is, I don't think they're trying to glorify it. I think what they're trying to do is normalize it to unstigmatize it. It's a difference. When you're trying to unstigmatize something, you're trying to take the negative off because whether we like it or not, even if you don't like gay, just because you don't like gay people, there's going to be more and more coming on. Shout out to Big Omeatri said, but my whole issue with Boozy is that he tries to demonize Dwayne and Gabriel for the way. Okay, so to respond to Wani, let me break that down because that's a good that's a good topic to bring up in this. They raised their son, but he's hypersexualizing his kids. Ooh. 
Ooh, ooh. Ooh, I wish I could pin that. I wish I could pin that. Ronnie commented and said he has an issue with the way that Boozy is criticizing Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union of how they're raising their son or transsexual. I don't know how you label it right now, but he's hypersexualizing his kids. That was deep. So let's talk about that for a moment. So, so let, let's talk about this. This is a good, good topic. So, Dwayne Wade and Gabriel Union have a child right now who is 12 years old. His new name is Zaya. He identifies as a woman right now. So, with that being said, Lil Boozy, after this news broke headlines, like two or three days later, made a video and said, Gabriel, Dwayne, man, you going too far. Please don't cut his dick off. Please don't cut his dick off. That's the man. He a child. He don't even know who he want to be yet. Then... Also, it looked bad for Boozy because this is the same nigga who said that he, when his son turned 14, he got him head, 13 or 14, he got his head at his birthday party. And I know he not lying about that because in 2009, 2008, Lil Boozy had a mixtape and the song on it was called uh, Daddy Love You. And at the end of the song, he said, when he ate, I'm going to buy my son a Ferrari. When he's 14, I'm going to get him head at his birthday party. So I know he's not lying. The nigga kept, the nigga kept consistent. You know, this nigga has not changed yet. So... Here's my thing about that. And this can and this this is this is where we this is more of a conversation for black people to have, more than me having with everybody else, but because this is my podcast and there are other people of other races listening, we can talk about this. Black people, black Americans, our morality system is a little bit fucked up to some extent. Like we 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 have our view of things totally fucked up in some way. My mom was so scared of the fact that I might be gay gay as I got older. I'm not gay, but she was so scared of the idea. I ain't never kissed a nigga. I ain't never sucked a dick. I did just not. It ain't for me. She was so that idea scared the fuck out of her. She did not want me to be gay. Now, with that being said, this is the same woman who also told me that she wanted me to have a son by the time I was 17 or 18. So she wouldn't be an old grandma. Like it just it was it was insane. It was it was insane. You see what I'm saying? It's just weird. So. It's kind of weird because we got mad at Lil Boozy for hypersexualizing his kids, for basically pressing sex on his kids. But I's only so mad. It's only so mad I get. It's only so mad I can get at Lil Boozy for doing what you could be called as pedophilia, because I can tell you from the black community that's a thing. That is a thing. That is a thing. We take pride in it. We know our. We take pride in our little boys. If they if they had a little if they had a little middle school clapping every clapping thing, clapping things like we take pride in that. We take pride in that. We take pride in knowing that our little nigga he at high school and all the bitches is over there buying him M and M's and Cheerios every other day. Like we take pride in that for some weird reason. You know, it just it is what it is. We take pride in being 13, 14. The, the younger you start cracking cheeks, when you a boy, you get pride. You know, especially if you young and you hit something that's older, nigga, something wet. Like, yeah, you get you get you get a lot of props for that. So, you know, shout out to Tupac Live twenty seven twenty three. You say you seen Magic Johnson's son daughter? Yeah, EJ. Yeah, yeah, I seen. Him. We gonna talk about that later. But so, you know, it's it, it. There is something wrong with that in and of itself. And with Dwayne Wade, with Dwayne Wade to talk about his son. From what I am to understand, Zayer as I am, whatever her name is, she cannot get the medical procedure. To get his her his or her penis cut off, yet he can't do any of that yet. He can't take the hormone pills yet, from what I am to understand. So, what Lil Boozy was talking about is not even an option yet. Right now, we're just talking about identity. 
The boy identifies as a woman right now. And like I said on my podcast a long time ago, if I have a son and he says like he's, he's going to identify as a woman, hey, that's not a she. Shout out to Just Lee Peterson who said that's not a she, that's a little boy. We're going to have a whole debate about that, bro. It's, it'd be a four-hour conversation. But how I feel about that is if I have a little if I have a little boy and he says he identifies as a woman, hey, expression-wise, do your thing. Expression-wise, I'm fine. Damn, nigga, if you're going to wear lipstick and shit like that, hey, I'm not going to like it, but at the same time, I'm not going to beat you up and kick you out of my house. I'm not going to do you how Terrence Howard did his son and did Jussie Smollett in Empire and throw your ass in the trash can. Because then that creates a whole other set of problems for when you get older. Then you're going to hate me. Then I'm going to look like a bad guy. Then I'm going to look like Joe Jackson. So be worse than Joe Jackson because at least Joe Jackson whooped this kid's ass and they became millionaires. So it would be worse for me. But I, expression-wise, I'm fine with that. When it comes to sexuality, it's a different story. Shout out to Brew Boy who said, so SpongeBob is confirmed as gay now? Uh, uh, nah, nah, he's ace. I don't know what to, I think he's asexual. But here's the thing about that. He, who didn't know SpongeBob was gay? I t- you missed the whole half of the podcast, bro. I just got through that. I just got through that. I was like, who didn't know SpongeBob was gay? Like, that's not even a, even the creator of SpongeBob said he was asexual. And I still said, nah, bro, that nigga gay. That nigga gay. I still say that even after reading that. Like, nah, that nigga's gay, bro. And who cares? It was. Now, the only issue I have, the only issue I have to bounce back to gay cartoon characters, the only issue I have with when you have gay cartoon characters is the fact that I don't like it when they take characters. Shout out to the Prue boy who said he'd be clapping Sandy, though. <laughs> he wish he was clapping Sandy. <laughs> he wish he was clapping Sandy. Shout out to Jesse Lee Peter. He said, he, if my son ever tells me he's not my daughter, he's getting therapy. I mean, that could be, you could get it. I would definitely, I would take him to a doctor and get a psychiatric evaluation just to make sure and just to see what's going on. I mean, you know, we can have that conversation too. I mean, but it's the only thing I have about the, the only issue I have about gay cartoon characters is I don't like it when you take a character that was op, that was straight, straight. I don't like it when you take a character from the back in the day who was straight and you try to make him gay to fit a narrative and i don't like it when you do when it's somebody who was unnecessary for like i remember before that lion king movie came out last year which they could have made Simba gay if they wanted to because that movie was shitty that shitty that movie was shitty like for example with the with the um with the lion king film they were talking about possibly and i don't know if these were actual official conversations but they were talking about making simba gay and my first comment thought was why the fuck would you make Simba gay? What the for what? Like, there's no point in that. He already had knowledge. Just, I don't like it when you make characters gay to push a narrative and it comes off so overhanded. Like, it don't come off smoothly. Like, I'm gonna give you an example. If they made Timon and Pumba gay from Lion King, I would accept that. I would accept that. Okay, okay, gay. You know, the, these two niggas have been living in the wild for a long time. I can I understand that. Like, is it makes sense? Shout out to I am Dobby said Lo Simba can't be gay. It makes no sense. It makes it makes no sense. Like. Why would you make him gay? So I don't like it when you do that. Now, you could also make that same argument for why do you have superheroes sometimes where to push the narrative of black acceptance, they make the characters black. And I tell people all the time, because before I was against this, this is just a sidestep for a long time. I was against taking superheroes like the Supermans, like the Spider-Mans, like the Captain Americas and making them black just to make us feel accepted. Because I kept thinking, nigga, why don't we make our own superheroes who are doper than these niggas and we just roll with that? But after seeing how cool Miles Morales, that new Spider-Man that they have is, after seeing how cool he is and after seeing how well received he is, I'm for it now. I am for it now. 
I disagree with you. I am for it now. Like I, I used to be against that. I was like, we don't need a black, we don't need a black Superman, even though. You've had black Supermans back in the day, but their comics didn't really do that good. But you've had black Supermans. You've had that. But it's, you know, I think what I think what the key thing is, what you have to understand when we say when we say, why is the black narrative being pushed so hard? Why is black being pushed in front of us? Why is gay being pushed in front of us? Whatever each one of us is, whether you identify as black whether you identify as gay, whatever, you want to see more of you on TV. You want to see more of you. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. You want to see more of you on TV. You want to see more of you represented. And that's across the board. If you're Samoan and you don't see Samoan superheroes, you don't see Samoan TV shows, you want to see you or people who look like you on TV. I know I've, I've, if you read just some, if you read or watch some interviews from a lot of old school black actors and Mexican actors back in the day, they'll tell you about how they, they'll tell you how back in the day, the very first time they saw somebody who had their big ass nose or had their skin tone, it did something for them. I remember Denzel Washington. I was watching an interview Denzel Washington did, and I was reading about like how he got into acting, and because at this time I was really trying to find my life calling, and I was just trying to figure out like what can I do to get to it, and he said that. Shout out to uh, Jesse Lee Peterson, maybe before the internet. He said that, um, he said, you know, before I had never had no interest in being an actor just because, you know, I knew nobody who acted. I never saw anybody on TV that looked like me, you know, so it just it just flew over my head. And when he said that, that really struck me deep. Shout out to Jesse Lee Peterson who said, nowadays there's no excuse why there isn't many black superheroes. Shout out to Ronnie who also said, that's all everybody wants to see is some form of representation for themselves and feel accepted. So, Sally just said, we can make that at any moment and it can go viral. No, that's true. And I mean, that's true. And that's the only thing I'm going to tell you have real conversation. When you have those films, like how you're taking a Little Mermaid or how you're taking a, um, uh, what was that, that, that one movie that did terrible two years ago that Oprah Winfrey was in, um, Wrinkle of Time. When you have movies like that, that's the only thing I don't like about when you take the cast and just blackify them. I feel we have so many talented black showrunners, writers, and screenplay writers in Hollywood, or even just on the underground level, that we can make some dope shit and make it our own, and it'll, and it'll rock, you know? We don't have to keep taking... We don't have to keep taking people's ideas and just blackifying it. You know what I mean? We don't have to keep taking people's blueprints and just blackifying it. I, I'm I'm just being all the way honest with you. It's, it's, it's not necessary. Instead of making a black Captain America, hey nigga, make a back maybe make a Captain Black or something like that. You know, you know, you know, make it something. We we I don't know. I don't know. It's just inter it's just interesting when it comes to that, and I feel the same way. You know, you know, maybe it's the same. Maybe maybe you can argue that. Maybe you can argue the same thing. Shout the big homie agent said, okay, but they took Living Single and gentrified that. My man, I got to be honest with you. I have not seen Living Single since I was six and a half years of age, even if that. All I remember that, all I remember, only thing I remember about that goddamn show is the fucking theme song, and that's it. And we're living single in a 90s kind of world. I got, I got you. Girl, keep your head up, don't keep your head up. That's right. That's the only thing I remember about that damn show. Only thing I remember about that show is that guy, that and the dude with the that the that dude that and the guy Tarot uh, Tarot uh, what's his name because Terrence something because that dude actually retweeted my um, retweeted a video I did a few a uh, few months ago so shout out to him but um that's my opinion about that now 
Shout out to Jesse Lee Peterson who said, when I was younger, I looked up to the superhero Static Shock. He had locks and all, but he faded away. Oh, he was dope. Wait, no, you know, he just, you know, hey, they, they, he, they, his show got canceled. But, you know, they stopped making new seasons. But it was cool. Static, bro, Static Shock was amazing. The Static Shock, shout out to Jesse Lee who said, if black viewership for that show spiked, Static Shock might have hit the movies. Bro, Static Shock was amazing. St- static Shock, Static Shock was, Static Shock just was a good show. And if you're a black kid, you saw yourself in Static Shock. And I think that's the thing. You have to see yourself in these shows that you're seeing out right now. Um, that's the thing. Now, while we're still kind of on the, the precipice of our, the gay topic, I am a nerd. I grew up reading Harry Potter. I grew up reading Lord of the Rings. So I felt a certain type of way when I felt saw that the trans trans community, the LGBTQ community was coming at JK Rowling for the past year and a half because they say she's anti-trans. There was this guy who did a post talking about menstrual cycles, menstruating. And he made the post more or less sensitive or more inclusive of all the quote unquote genders out there. All the quote unquote genders, binary genders, whatever. And he said for people who menstruate. So J.K. Rowling retweeted that article and said, only women menstruate. And from what I am to understand, even though I can't think of any other other, other times before this, there have been a few more times where she's kind of thrown like kind of sneak shots to say that she don't necessarily validate trans women, trans men. Let me tell you something. This is my personal opinion. I am not going to have an issue with a woman who's telling you that just because you woke up one day or you woke up every day. Sorry, because a lot of people say this started since birth. You've woke up every day and think you're supposed to be a woman, but you're really a man. And she's saying, no, you're not a woman. I am a woman. And this is what it is. I don't have an issue with that. I commented on I commented on Instagram and on Twitter. And I said that is our is our society so misogynistic is our society so misogynistic that we are protecting men that identify as women more than our actual women that's my issue i respect people who are trans i don't dead name them that was a new thing i learned about the other day dead name i don't dead name i respect if you want to be you if you want me to call you sir ma'am or hey i'll call you that's whatever where i draw the line is is when you start coming for the where I draw the line is when you start coming at the people who are actually what you're claiming that you are. Shout out to Jesse Lee Peterson who said, how can you say you are a woman when you see your dick and balls every day? That's just insane. Shout out to Big Homie who said, what is that? What do you mean, what is that? Trans people are insane. I mean, hey, listen. In this country, in this world, you are free to be whoever you want to be. You are free to be whoever you want to be. I just draw the line when you start coming at women for how you feel because you're not... Dead, shout out to big homie H. You said dead naming. Dead naming is when, dead naming is when you call a trans person by the name that they went by, or the name that's on their birth certificate, basically, before they made the transition into who they are right now. So, for example, if I became Jessica and you still called me JT, I would accuse you of dead naming. And in some places, I'm from my, from what I am to understand, there might be somewhere that's actually a crime. Um, that was so it is what it is shout out to Ida ben what Ida ben was going on with you so that's my issue when it comes to that i love jk rowling i also support the lgbtq community i support those issues but at the same time you know hey 
is stupid. Shadows leaves I'm going to identify as a lion named Simba the Mall, so you better start calling me Simba. Hey man, let me tell you something. I'll be I'll, be, I'll keep I'll keep one with you. Shadow, I'll keep one with you. Let me say this. I there was so much shit I identified as a kid. I, I'm gonna tell you. I, I would there was two days ago, right? Because I, I really I really I really got deep into this. I really got deep into this. I made a list of all the shit I identified as a kid. Of all the shit I identified that I wanted to be, that I thought I was as a kid. Think about all the wild shit you thought you were when you were a child. Really think about that. Really think about. I want everybody in these comments to really think about that. Really think about everything you thought that you were as a kid. Do you really want to be that shit today? Think about it. Like really, think, nigga. When I was nine years old, I wanted to be Sonic the Hedgehog. I wanted to be Sonic the Hedgehog like badly, nigga. I wanted to be blue and wear red Nikes, nigga. I wanted to be Sonic so bad. I can tell you right now, as a grown ass man, nigga, I do not want to be Sonic, nigga. I do not want to be three feet in blue. No, I do not. Shout out to Missy Mel. Missy Mel, how you doing? So it is something to be said about how people do grow. Shout out to Jesse Lee Peterson. That's with an under underdeveloped child mind. That's understandable. I'm just saying, like it's so it's retarded now. It ain't that I'm gonna tell you. I'm bringing. I'm only bringing that up because it's not that much shit that as a kid I wanted to be. That is that is an adult I want to be right now. The only thing I want to be that I used to want to be as a kid is the show move from Inuyasha. And some of y'all don't watch anime, so y'all might not know. But with that being said, that's the only thing. I, that's the only. That is the. That is the. That is the only thing that even with some idea that I might want to be now. So I bring that up because when you have a conversation about these kids. Who are to say that they are trans out there? Who identify as trans? And like I and I and I, I always say this: If I have a son, God bless me with the son. If he identifies as a woman, I'm going to accept him, expression-wise and all that. I'm not gonna feed him. I'm not gonna feed him hormone blockers. I'm not gonna do all the trend the surgeries and stuff like that until he's an adult. Until he's an adult man, he can make his own goddamn decisions. Because he and as far as he's living under my roof, Dio Hughley, Dio Hughley. Dio Hughley said something. I was watching this interview he did with Vlad TV yesterday, and he said something so profound. He said, "How am I going to validate? How am I going to validate the decision of a 13-year-old or a 12 of a 12-year-old or 11-year-old's a decision about something? Who is a person that if I leave at home by himself and the cops find out, I can go to jail for leaving a child unattended." Which is kind of crazy because I, I mo most black people must not know that law because nigga I got left I got left alone so many times when I was a kid I got left alone so many times when I was a kid you know when you ten as soon as you get it as soon as you get around ten as soon as if you a kid as soon as you get if you black as soon as you get tall enough to reach over the top of the refrigerator you were instantly the new babysitter in the house like I stayed home and babysitted my sisters like at least 50, 50 to sixty seventy percent of the time of my school year so I'm I'm, I'm saying I have to say that now with that being said. You know that just it, that just whole thing added me that 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 whole debacle between the trans community and J.K. Rowling that thing just irritated me. Like I said, you can't you can't come you can't come for women. You 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 seek to be women. You imitate and wear these garbs and stuff like that to be a natural born woman, and you're coming for one of them, a great woman by the way, a great woman by the way. So with that being said, that was my issue with that. Um, Shout out to the trans community. Shout out to J.K. Rowling. I love J.K. Rowling. I grew up reading Harry Potter. I was raised on her work. And, you know, you know, she my baby mama. If your nigga, she, shout out to J.K. Rowling, if you're listening to this right now, the man you're talking to right now, the man you're laying in the bed with right now, I promise you he ain't got better dick, better dick than me. I would love to, I would love for us to have a rendezvous sometime. So with that being said, uh, <laughs> moving on from J.K. Rowling, uh, Artemis Fowl. I'm going to have another nerd out moment. 
And some of y'all might not have kept up with this because a lot of y'all didn't grow. A lot of y'all didn't grow up in the literature streets like I did. A lot of y'all wasn't in Barnes and Nobles for two and three hours reading books like I was. A lot of y'all didn't get, almost get jumped in the neighborhood and run in the library and hide and say they're just reading books. So, <laughs> Artemis Fowl, Artemis Fowl, Artemis Fowl. I promised I was going to talk about this, and this really broke my heart. They made it. Shout out to Big Homie Anderson. They laugh for a smooth segue. Hey, man, smoothest segues. Artemis Fowl is a book series that in the years from 2000 to about 2005 saved my life so much. Well, my mom and daddy put me on punishment because I was getting F's and D's and C minuses and F minuses. Yes, an F minus is possible. Trust me. I know. I was put on punishment in sixth grade and I could not watch TV. I couldn't watch TV in my house. So I literally just couldn't watch TV at all. So only option I had was the library. That's halfway why I like reading so much. Through my escapades and my adventures through the shot, shout out to Ava Band who said, "Shit, I got E's. How the fuck you get an E? Who's you get? How'd you get an E? But that's some bullshit. Let me tell you something. Somebody commented and said, "Nigga, I got E's. Nigga, let me tell you something. If your teacher put an E on your report, nigga, put an E on your report. If nigga put an E on your paper, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something." Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If a teacher, if a teacher put an E on your, if, if you, if no, shout out to Missy Mel. She commented right now and said E for excellent. No, oh, it wasn't no damn E for excellent. That bitch, that bitch did not mean E for excellent. The only time E, the only time it means that is if you grew up in California. If you get a report card before the age of ten, if you're in fifth grade, they give you report cards, and and the only time E is good is when you get. A E for exceeding expectations. That's the only time it's good. But that is, that bitch didn't mean that. She didn't mean it. She didn't mean that. Nigga, you exceeded nothing. But, but uh, this is this is this is this is the funny. Okay, before I talk about this Artemis foul thing, I gotta say this is a true story. This is a true story. You know how when you were in school sometimes and like if you effed up, your teacher will put a mark on you. Will give you a note to take home to your take. Give you a note to take home. So one time, I was, this was when I was in fourth grade. They used to do this thing where, like, it was you could say kind of like a recreational class. Like thirty minutes out of the out of the classroom day, they would take us to like some class, like um, and like like a drum class or like a cooking class or something like that, and we just like have a good time there. So long story short, we go to a music class. Uh, we're playing the drums. I'm more talented than the other niggas in the drums, and I feel like they should know. So I'm playing the drum as much as I want to play the drum. The teacher, the teacher tells me to get up and give the drum seat to somebody else. Somebody else needs to play the drum. So I get up and I'm taking the drum and I'm dragging the drum. I know I'm dragging the drum just to be a bitch, and I just leave it alone, right? So I drag the drum, and just leave it there. The teacher gets mad at me. This this white. Sorry to make it about race. This white woman, this woman has the nerve to write on a purple note. Hello, Miss Gaynor. Your son, Joseph Gaynor, took one of the drums in our elective class and threw it and told me to take it home. Now, do you think that I wanted to take that home to my mama? No. So I, I, I didn't take it home. I, I didn't take it home. I didn't take it. I didn't take it. I didn't take it. I didn't take it. I left it in the desk. I, le I, I left it in the desk. I left it in the school desk on Wednesday. Left it again on Thursday. 
end of the day Thursday, the teacher said that if you don't take the note home, if you she said something if you don't take the note home and bring said, said if you don't if you don't take the note home and bring it back signed to let your mother know that she received it, I'm going to call I'm going to call her and schedule a, a report. A schedule meeting. So Friday morning. No, no. I take it back Thursday at Thursday and let her know. Friday, my stepfather gives me an ass whooping, an ass whooping that was uncomparable. Man, that was a, that was one of the worst ass whoopings. I've only got whooped two times in my life where I started bleeding. I was literally bleeding. Like, I mean, bleed. That was, an, oh, my God. That was an ass whooping. To, that was, oh, my God. You know, I'm going to tell you, you know, ass whooping's real. When you sit in the car, it hurts to sit on your ass. Like, oh, my God, I was real. Oh, my God, I was terrible. Oh, Jesus. And I'm going to tell you the craziest thing about that story. The most insane thing about that is my mama, she didn't sign the note. She took the note, told my dad he whooped my ass, and the note stayed on her on her shelf. And the teacher didn't call or do nothing at all. So this bitch just made me sit. I thought my death warrant in a sense. Shout, shout out to Missy Miller. Did, did your parents ask you whether it was true or not? Nope, they didn't. Nope, they didn't ask me nothing. They didn't ask me nothing. You know, you know, you know. You know, so it's you know, hey, hey man, hey man. So I, uh, I was I was supposed to be talking. I was supposed to be, I was supposed to be talking about a movie, a, a book. Parents though, hey, hey man, hey man. I was supposed to be talking about this goddamn movie, and let me just talk about this movie. So there was this book when I was a child. Throughout all this turmoil, throughout all this turmoil and child abuse that I suffered at a young age, there was this book that came out called Artemis Fowl. I highly recommend you let your young daughter, son, whether his name is Jermaine, Keisha, Steve, read it. Great read. Great book. It's about leprechauns, gold, get money. It's amazing. So, that being said, I loved it. Disney took it upon themselves, or one Lionsgate took it upon themselves to buy the rights of the film and have it remade as a, buy the rights to have the have the book made into a movie. Um, to sum it up, the movie is shitty. The movie looked terrible. I saw the trailer two years ago, and I told niggas, this film is going to suck. Do not get behind this shit. And I'm a little bit biased because this book narrated my childhood, so I feel a certain type of way. It just has so many different things that made no sense to me at all. What the fuck is a tall dwarf? Why the fuck is Josh Gad in it? Why the fuck? Why Why is the butler black? I'm going to tell you something. For those who don't know, in Artemis Fowl, in the book, the butler's like this seven-foot-tall Eurasian dude who can whoop ass. This nigga got two, two, threes and AK-47s in his pocket. Why the fuck is he a black nigga with purple hair? What the, what, what the fuck is going on? I was so, I was so mad. I was so mad when I saw that shit. And I'm going to tell you, I feel so bad because... I feel I feel bad when I have to critique a fellow black brother who's just trying to get his money, just trying to get paid, especially when we're going through the corona coronavirus epidemic. But nigga, are you serious? And that's the thing. I feel like if you're an actor, even if even if it hurts your pocket, even if it hurts your wallet, it's some roles you should just turn down just because you instinctively know. Nigga, this is not going to be a beautiful piece of art. This is going to be terrible. What the fuck are you doing? I'm just being real. I can make the same conversation about that Tupac film. Life as a writer or all eyes on me. There are sometimes now the dude who played Tupac, I don't think he should have turned it out because he did an excellent job. But as far as in that Tupac film, 
that film was just so terrible. I feel like as an actor, there's certain roles you should just turn down just because you're like, bro, this is not going to this is not going to be good. That's the one thing that made Denzel Washington so good. What he chooses. What he chooses. My uncle, shall rest in peace, my uncle Howard. My uncle Howard used to always say, Don't sell out for the pork. I'ma repeat that because some of you niggas are slow. Do not sell out for the pork. Shout out to Leslie Peterson who said, Great broadcast, by the way, young man. You have earned a follow for your content. Thank you. I appreciate that, my man. Thank you. It means a lot to me. He used to always say, Do not sell out for the pork. And it's hard, and I know it's hard because I'm speaking from the place of somebody who got more or less of a good job. So even when I'm on this podcast talking all this shit, even if this podcast don't go viral tomorrow, I'm still pretty much okay. But at the same time, bro, you can't, you, bro, you, you, what the fuck? Like, I'm, I'm just being like, so. My feelings was hurt. My feelings was hurt. My feelings was severely hurt. Um, I you do not know how much I used to love this book. Shout out to IMW said, "Yeah, the vibe stays real." Shout out to Big said, "All money ain't good money. All money is not good money." And this film, I mean, this film had a budget of one hundred and twenty-one million dollars, and it still was shitty. Still was shitty. What the fuck is a tall dwarf? I'm gonna keep repeating that. What the fuck is a tall dwarf? That had nothing to do with the goddamn book. What the fuck is a tall dwarf? Why is Josh Gad in this? What the it just what they should have done. And for anybody out there, if you, this is for anybody out there who, who might be listening from Hollywood, from anybody else. I see you being the next generation's butcher. This is what I this is what I want you to do. The next time you want to remake a book, the next time you want to remake a book. What you do is you do not make a two hour film. You cannot compose. You cannot compose a five book, a six book series into two hours of content. What you do is you make a series like Netflix. The best example is some of this might go over some of y'all niggas heads because y'all ain't nerds like me. But series of unfortunate events by Lemony Snickers. That movie with Jim Carrey and I love Jim Carrey was shitty as fuck when it came out in 2007 because you tried to compose 11 books into one fucking film. It made no sense. But the series is on Netflix right now. Right now, that shit is raw. That shit is dope because you're taking time. Each episode is an hour. So it's easy to actually really make some good content. Bro, shout out to Irobindi said, my wife loved that shit. It's based off a book I used to read, The Series of Unfortunate Events. The series is good because you can take time with each episode. Artemis Fowl should have been a series. You remake it into a series. If you got a budget to make this shit into some bullshit ass fucking uh, uh, CGI effect ass film, you could have made it into a series. You could have made it into a series. And I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really pissed off about it. I'm, I just, it makes no fucking, I'm, it's just, it's stupid to me. It, may, it really hurt my heart. Like I, when you see, when you see something, I'll put, I'll put it to, it, it's the, it's the equivalent for me. It's the equivalent for me. Of somebody making a film of Lil Wayne's career in between the years of 2008 and 2010, and the nigga that they get to play Lil Wayne is Michael B. Jordan. Nigga, what the fuck are you doing? Like that—that's that would—that is the equivalent for me. Shout out to Rigo. That's that's shout out to Romeo. You said, "Calm down, nigga. You didn't grow up reading this book. You didn't grow up reading this book. You didn't grow up reading Artemis Fowl, nigga. I'm just fuck a, a tall dwarf. The, the, the fuck is that? Like that shit made me mad. So. And shout out to Ewan Colfer. Shout out to shout out to Ewan Colfer. Shout out to Ewan Colfer. That's the writer of Artemis Fowl. I love him. I love him. He's a great, great man. Great guy. You know, I like I said, his work narrated my childhood. Like, like I literature means something important. Literature means something to me. You know, I I I listen to rap music all the time. I listen to Spanish music all the time. But 
my prime interest before all of that shit was always books. Always books. Always books. I got a Spanish vocabulary book right here. All, always books. So I'm always going to go back to that. That's my love. Like that gave me my mind. So with that being said, for a nigga to just disrespect my set like that, I feel it way. But uh, I guess that's pretty much it. That's I, I mean, I, that was pretty much, I went over everything. But that was pretty much everything for the day in my heart. If I could close it, if I can close the topic, close the podcast off with one key thing, I would just say right now. Um, what I really want to close this honestly with is, first off, thank y'all for watching me. But also, if you guys can take the time, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what, but shout out to Ronnie H. He's laughing at me because I said my set. I'm just being real, but. If you can take the time, and I hate saying to tweet and post about this, but it just, this is just what I this honestly this is what I think actually makes progress because this is what got got Ahmaud Arbery's killers uh, arrested. Please tweet, Instagram, repost articles, call, sign petitions to get the murderers who killed Breonna Taylor arrested. To get the murderers who killed Breonna Taylor arrested, they murdered this beautiful black woman who was an EMT three. Three months ago, and the officers that killed this mother killed her are still walking free. They're still in their home playing PlayStation 4 right now. Please, please, I don't know what we have to do. I don't know how many, how many times we have to tweet, but we cannot let up on this shit. I want them niggas to go to jail for life. For life. For life. I mean, for life. I want them to go to jail for life. I'm serious about that. I don't give a damn. It is one, it is one thing to be killed jogging. It is one thing to be killed trying to pass a $20 bill that was forged, which even, nigga, you might not even know, but we're not going to talk about that right now. It's another thing. It's another thing, cuz, to get killed in your own home, in your own home, where you paid the bills, you paid the mortgage or rent, you paying the cable bill, you are EMT, you're literally doing every single thing right in life. Every single thing right in life, and you violate my, you violate me like that. You violate me like that. Shout out to just Lisa. If you kill someone else, you should be killed. You violate me like that. And even if you didn't mean to kill her, they went to the wrong address. You went to the wrong address. You went to the wrong address and shot the wrong bitch, nigga. Are you serious? Are you serious? Like it's 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 insane to me, bro. Like there, that's crazy. Like. The fact that those cops aren't in jail right now, the fact that no charges are brought up, really showed me how fucked up of a society we live in. And when it comes to this whole quote-unquote defund the police conversation, here's my thing. We need law enforcement in this world. We need law enforcement. But goddammit, we do not need law enforcement at these police departments that are going to abuse power. There are some good cops out there. Some wonderful cops out there. Some great cops out there. Some good cops out there. I've, I have met, I have met, a, I have I met a lot of good police officers in my day. Shout out to Big Old Matrix. Just like they white that they went in that black guy's house and shot him because she said he... I don't know about that. But there are some good cops out there. But for those cops that are fucked up, and I'm going to keep... I'm a, I thought it was her house. Yeah. I'm going to keep telling the story. I'm going to keep telling the story. I worked at a site. This was like a week ago. And I was talking to one of my fellow guards about this. He's talking about Amber Geiger. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Amber Geiger. Amber Geiger, yeah, that did. bro. When you bro, when you shoot some bro, Amber Geiger walked into the wrong quote unquote apartment and shot a man, and she only got 10, twenty years, and she's probably going to serve ten years, bro. When you when you kill somebody in their home of residence, kill somebody in their home of bro, you that's bro.
Y'all don't understand, man. When you a grown man, bro, it should it's that that shit should hit you different, man. When you a grown man, when you a grown man, all this shit here, you, I'm working out, I'm working every day. I'm doing 12 and 10 and 8 hour shifts, going outside, smiling at people, making people feel comfortable and all this other shit, being somewhere I don't want to be to keep this to keep my home, to keep my property. And you going to kill me at my home, bro? That's bro, that's that's just that's just disrespectful across so many levels. So, I want to see the officers who killed Brianna Taylor. I want to see them arrested. I want to see some charges pressed and I want them to be found guilty, and I want them to be put in a prison cell with a nigga named Big Dick Brutus. Now, with that being said, I'm going to conclude the podcast right now. It was a pleasure talking to all y'all. Much love, peace, and chicken grease. Thank you for being a part of the fam. Thank you for being a part of the mob. This is the greatest voice podcast. Oh, Ronnie said, because you're in your own host, minding your own business, and not bothering anyone to think somebody. Exactly, exactly. Exactly, that's fucked up. And like I said, Big Dick Brutus is going to be waiting for all them niggas. So, with that being said, thank you, brother. Appreciate that.